Welcome to Phone Sex with Lily Show, where talent in front and behind the camera is showcased and explored. As you can imagine, there are a lot of characters and personalities in this industry. Listen as they share their stories. But first, grab your lube and get comfortable because the guests will unknowingly be subjected to phone sex with a porn star, webcam model, and your host, Lily Craven. Hello. Oh, hi. Um, I've never done this before. How, how do I go about this? Oh, are you like a virgin? No, maybe, maybe a virgin on the phone. I don't know, you know. Oh, I understand. Well, you just kind of think dirty thoughts. Well, I got lots of those. You lots do? Of those. Ooh, like name one. I really want to have sex with um, two people. Oh, oh my. That's a little um, kinky, isn't it? Well, that's not the kinkiest thought, but oh, goodness. I, just, I just thought it would be a lot of fun to see what it felt like to be at the center of attention with two people all over me. Ooh, so they wouldn't have you pleasing them. I'm not so sure about that. I'm very oral. So I probably would still be doing a lot of pleasing because I like oral stuff. It doesn't seem like this is the first time around the block, but we can go with this. (laughs) And (laughs) wow. So you definitely have dirty thoughts. So all you have to do is close your eyes and pretend, pretend like you're there. That's not so difficult. All right. I absolutely love working my way around somebody's body and learning it with my mouth. That's one of my favorite things to do. Your mouth. Now, does that mean I can imagine myself in that situation with two lovely women exploring. Mm, With your tongue. And what that might feel like. And it's so... It's really hot, actually. It's very arousing to think about just being surrounded by that much soft flesh. Ooh. You're listening to Phone Sex with Lily Show. And I have a fantastic guest here today. She is a clinical psychologist specializing in sex. She is an author of seven books. She is the host of A to Z of Sex podcast, and she's the creator of The Open House, The Great Sex Experiment. She is also a self-proclaimed, queer, consensually non-monogamous leather woman, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. Hello. Thank you for having me. (laughs) That was such a tongue twister. Please. (laughs) Please, can we, let's just start by breaking that down. <laughs> so, you, we, we understand you are a clinical psychologist. I am. Okay. You have written seven books. I have, I have actually. <laughs> oh my. But, oh my God. Yeah. Assuming the topics are sex related? No, not all. So there were two oh. that, that were the kind of business related. One that was, um, my first one was actually on trauma, which is my other area of expertise. 
And I co-authored that um, with my first husband. And it was a book to help therapists learn a particular way of working with traumatized people. Um, my second was on rites of passage. Mm. The third was my erotic memoir. So that has um, erotica, then a piece of my life, and then a little bit of analysis. That's the way that I wrote that. So there's plenty of sex in there. Um, <laughs> then there was a self-help book that is about um, life skills for recovering from trauma and gaslighting. So, um, And basically skills that you need for good relationships across the board. Um, and then a book on um, ero- a book of erotica, so definitely on sex. I've got a bunch of other things in process, but wow. just writing straight on sex is something I usually end up doing in articles rather than in book form so far. Oh, wow. I mean, that's when do you have time to do all the rest? And you also um, host a podcast. I do. And it's A to Z of sex. And what is that about? So I've been doing that since 2016. Every week we take a letter of the alphabet. So we started with A is for, for arousal. And um, that would be the topic area. And sometimes I have guests on and we talk about the topic area and anything else that comes up. Um, for a while, I was doing it live and people would write questions in. Even though we had a call in, nobody ever rang. Yes. I think they were always afraid. People don't call anymore these days. <laughs> no, and I think, I think that they're always afraid that somebody's going to recognize their voice. Possibly. (laughs) So I've been through the alphabet many, many times. Um, And some subjects I've done more than once, like open relationships and non-monogamy and kink have been done more than once. I've had different guests and some things I've only done once. Um, But um, I can't see myself stopping. Now I pre-record again. um, So I can't see myself stopping. It's a lot of fun. It is. Yes. So is it more educational or is it just an open platform for people to just freely ask what they want? Is it a Q&A? Sort well, of? it's educational, but I but I I use a portion of it for Q&A. So like people will write in questions and I will answer the questions that I get. The other thing is that I collect questions that I get on other on other platforms Nice. And that sometimes informs the topic that I choose. Sometimes current events informs the topic that I choose. If something's in the news, we end up talking about it. Nice, nice. And then you have, this is what I was really interested in. You are the creator of Open House, The Great Sex Experiment. And that's a television show, correct? Right. So I'm not, I'm not the, the creator. I'm the specialist relationship therapist. So I'm, it's my retreat. Gotcha. Um, so I guess I co-create in some ways. Um, um, the company that um, created the show is called Firecracker Films. And um, we based it off of a retreat that I do that is actually three to five days with people, helping them to open up their relationship in a more protected environment than they would do if they were just going out in the world and trying to find somebody to open their relationship with. Um, And the premise of the show is we take couples and they come to the retreat and we have available singles there and I meet with the couples and and then they go and try some things out. And then I meet with them again to handle any issues, pick up any problems. The idea is to give them a positive experience. Yes. Whatever kind before they go out in the world and also to help them decide whether this is actually for them at all. 
it, it's kind of lays the foundation for them because if you don't have that first, then the hit and miss in the, in that kind of situation could be the end of it. Yeah. And a lot of times, you know, a lot of times couples are, um, don't actually think it through and they're so excited that they don't want to spend a lot of time talking before they go out and find someone. Yeah, I could imagine. (laughs) So it's actually better to sit down and work some things out. Like what's your motivation? I know it sounds like a strange thing, but you know, I see couples where um, sometimes the motivation is about trying to save a relationship that's not in a good space. And that is like, the worst way to do it, huh? <laughs> She's like, don't do that. You've got to be in a good place with each other because it's really built off of, I mean, the trust between you two. Absolutely. And 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 that has to be solid. Absolutely. I would think. Now, Absolutely. now I don't. I, I'm. I've always been monogamous, completely monogamous. Even working in the industry, I just don't date then. So, but um, so these people come in and they hadn't tried it yet or. They're just like fresh off the market. Well, sometimes, sometimes, <laughs> the they've, sometimes they've tried something and it's not gone well. Um, okay. Some, but, but I mean, we're really looking for people who haven't tried anything yet, who are, who have been talking about it, but haven't done anything. Uh, now, do they play with each other in the, I mean, how do you try well, it out? Do you go home and try it out? Well, no. So what happens is that we've got these, this group of available people, singles and couples who are, also non-monogamous at the retreat. So they go, they sit with me and talk about what it is they want. So let's say somebody wanted a threesome, then they would go um, and we set up activities for them to meet the other people. So fun activities, sometimes we have kissing oh. games and, you know, sexy games to break the ice. On the island. <laughs> yeah, that kind of thing. And then they can pick someone um, to go and get to know better. And um, they might then go, and have a date where they don't have any kind of sexual interaction except for maybe kissing and cuddling at the end where they talk about what they want and then they may go and have a date where they do end up having sex or they choose to have sex or engage in all sorts of sexual activities so that's those are the options they've got lots of options there yeah and I it mean, sounds really fun. I mean, how many people are successful? Like it, it ends up being a good thing or how many people fall apart? So we had um, six couples on the first run and mm-hmm. um, two of the couples are still non-monogamous that I'm aware of. Like they're still actively non-monogamous and they're doing re- well with it. Um, one couple I think is, is not. Um, they decided that it wasn't for them as a result okay. of what we did. Um, and they actually didn't do anything with anyone there. Like they decided it wasn't for them as a result. But of that's their a reaction. good thing. Yeah. That they still came to f- figure out what they wanted Absolutely. as a couple. And so for me, this whole thing is actually about teaching people about choice because most people don't choose non choose monogamy. They expect to be monogamous because that's what society tells them they should be. Yes. Yes, very much so. I want people to choose monogamy if that's what they're going to do. Interesting. If you choose it and you negotiate what it is you want with your partner, then you have a much better, much more solid, exciting relationship. And there's yes. much less of the idea that maybe the grass is greener over here or there because you've actually made a right. choice. Yeah, because the, also something like myself has, I've gotten confused in the past between the word 
you know, swinging or non-monogamy or and cheating. Because there's such an open dialogue that has to take place. There has to be that kind of communication. There has to be that trust, um, which I've seen hanging out with my friends who are in the lifestyle and they have such good, solid relationships. Um, But then you have the monogamous friends or myself where you get cheated on you. It's just that that communication isn't there. The same you can cheat and be non-monogamous too. I mean, True. I think people have this really weird misconception that because people are non-monogamous, then they don't get cheated on, but you, you can, it, it because the, yes, it's betrayal. You, that's right. Anytime you break an, an agreement, anytime you do something in secret, it's a betrayal. Exactly. So the important bit here is that you need to be upfront with each other. That's yes. the important bit. And swinging has its own rules. You know, there are different types of non-monogamy. Um, swinging in various parts of the world is slightly different, but there's still a fairly common set of rules, right? And so you have to learn the rules of the community you're entering and you follow those rules. Other types of non-monogamy have their own formats, right? Um, Correct. And so one of the things is figuring out, well, what is it you want to do? So most swingers play together. They don't go on separate dates. True. Right. I, I did notice that. And they're horrified by the idea. Like I had one swinger write into me telling me how I was negatively advising couples. And I said, well, this couple doesn't want to swing. Right. You can actually be in a really good relationship and, and be non-monogamous and not play in front of each other. And actually playing in front of each other is a really big challenge. Watching your is partner that- have sex with someone else yes. is a big challenge. Is that the difference between swinging and non-monogamy is um, non-monogamy, you go and play with someone else, but on your own without your partner? Yes and no. I mean, non-monogamy can include playing together, but it doesn't have the same set of rules. Swinging has its own culture and its own set of rules. As in general, swingers tend to play together. Yes. Other types of non-monogamy, people don't necessarily play together. A lot of the time, you know, or they might play together sometimes and not at others. Some never play together, right? Now, now does that allow, because I know the friends that I have that are in the lifestyles that swing, they, it's more like a weekend activity like they do together, like bowling or, you know, they go together and that's an activity for the both of them. If you're doing something on your own, does that allow the relationship to build like a connection with someone or is it still, or is that something you just have to talk about? It's something you have to talk about. So for some people, it's still like bowling, right? Yes. For some people, I think that's a great way of talking about it, actually. And they it's more, that's how I have viewed it. Um, looking from the outside in is that it's, it's more of an activity way of describing it. For yeah. some people, it's just like going bowling at the weekend. And, yes, but you're doing it separately. So you might, you know, you might date, you might not go together, but you're doing it separately, but it's just a sexual encounter and that's all it is. Okay. But Interesting. For yes. People, for other people, they might develop a friendship. So you end up with like a friends with benefits thing, or they might develop a relationship and you end up with something that looks more like polyamory where people are having actual relationships that are, are deeper that are emotionally deeper um, and actual multiple commitments with other people. There's so many different uh, ways to do this and the benefits 
and hazards are different for each different way that you do this. And so you help these couples navigate through that. Absolutely. That's, that's and, and make their rules, their boundaries, what they're wanting, and let's give it a try and let's communicate afterwards and yeah. go with the flow like that. Yeah, How fun. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. So I see them, um, you know, I saw them between two and four times during the, the process. Yes. Um, and um, there's talk now that we might do a follow up thing, which would be great fun. I would love it. Um, we have been um, we have been approved for a, another season, so we will be doing a second season. Um, Where can we so, see this show? Well, so at the moment, it is actually on um, regular television in the United Kingdom, which is where I live. Okay. Um, and it's on Channel 4. It was on at 10 p.m. on a Friday night, and I think that'll be the same for the second season. Um, it has not been syndicated yet, so it's hard to see it if you're not in the United Kingdom at this oh, point. Wow. But that should change. Um, yeah, we because, need that here. <laughs> well, we've got a lot of attention. But, you know, I mean, we show a lot more on television here than is allowed in the U.S. A lot more. Exactly. That's why we need it here. <laughs> I mean, you know, we have shows like Naked Attraction here. Where Have you heard about that show? No. Oh, my God. So there's But I don't show. watch TV. I don't watch TV. That's right, why. So, so it might be here. There's a show called Naked Attraction where um, you get a single person and, and there are six people that are potentially their dates. And the, the first thing happens is the window rises and they're all the same. The people are completely naked. The six people are completely naked. So first you see their bottom halves explicitly. So you see their genitals explicitly and you have to eliminate one person on the basis of the look of the genitals. That's where What if you're the person eliminated? That would be just... You know, and then you then you move up the body and then voices and eventually you see the face. And right. So it, obviously the nakedness is a gimmick, but um, but that That's show could never one. be that show could never be in America. No, heavens no. We can't even say the word sex. I know. I know. <laughs> that's that's a bit, you know, you notice on my oh, you haven't seen it yet, but on my flyer when I <laughs> do average or promote this podcast, it's gotta be like the dollar sign and the three and an X, because we can't put that. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, promotion, you still run into some of the difficulties here as you do. Oh, yeah. The US. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Television, no way. Oh, you know, there's, yeah, no. And this is actually, you know, network TV. This isn't cable. This is network this TV. Is great. why it was such a big deal because it's on network TV. And it's, it is sort of groundbreaking because there's the educational part of it and then there's the entertainment yes. part of it. Um. And it's not scripted. So we never know what is going to happen because each That's... couple is different. And really all I'm doing is my job because this is what I do with couples. Like I work with couples and singles all the time on issues around non-monogamy. I specialize not just in sex, but I specialize in gender, sex and relationship diversity. So, um, you know. That's I... what I was going to dive into next. <laughs> was Okay. You are a self-proclaimed, you're Queer, can you yep. define that for me, please? So I use the term queer because my attractions have nothing to do with gender. I'm okay. attracted to people based on their energy. I like dominant people sexually, um, and that's what attracts me. So it's got nothing to do with what they look like. Obviously, I find some people visually more appealing than others. Yes. But whether they're male, female, non-binary don't discriminate makes no difference to me it is all about the person um and so i use queer because usually people ask me to please define it it makes it easier yes well i appreciate that so then we got into the 
consensually non-monogamous. And yep. if you could just sum that one up, even though we've been talking about it. Well, I'm a, I'm polyamorous, so I have multiple relationships um, that are committed relationships with with emotional aspects to them and sexual aspects to them. Some are deeper than others, you know. Um, mm-hmm. so I you know I have some I have people that I love that are are platonic. I have people that I love that are kind of friends. I call them friends with privilege, not benefits because they they, they get a lot more than just benefits. Um, And then I have proper romantic relationships, multiple romantic relationships as well. So um, now are these short term relationships or are they ongoing? Like, do you just keep adding to the, to the number of relationships or do you eliminate one and replace the other number? Right. Um, You know, because you're limited by time and time and energy and attention. However, (laughs) My relationships do tend to be long-term. Um, mm-hmm. I'm with my husband. We're married for seven and a half years. We're together for 13. Um, I, um, one of my partners, which just it's easier to just say partner because it's yeah. a complicated <laughs> relationship, but we've known each other 10 years. Yeah, 10 years. Um, another one that I've been with on and off for 40 you know, so, so you're a prime piece of like, they want you. (laughs) And I don't tend to do short-term, short-term things, although I have had shorter term relationships. And of course we all do, but um, I don't, I don't do pickup play. So I don't, I don't, I don't go out. One night stand is pickup play. No, I don't. Yeah. I don't do one night stands. And I'm also into, into BDSM. So I tend to refer to it as play instead of one night stands because play and sex for me, all Our follow the same follow yes. Um, But yeah, no, I don't do one night stands. I mean, it's been a long time since I did that because I connect energetically with people on, on a pretty deep level. I like to actually know a person and I play hard. So I want to, I, I have to know and trust a person before I'm going to open myself up to any. Yes. Um, and see, I don't even do that, but I need that, that the chemistry has got yeah. to be there an intense like attraction before I'll go anywhere. So Yes, for sure. And then, so leather woman is the end of your, yeah, how so you that, identify. Help me with this one. There's my BDSM. There's where you can see the BDSM. Um, so actual so, leather. <laughs> yeah. Well, actual leather, but also um, as a leather woman, I live by a code. Um, and for me, power exchange and, and, and authority transfer is, is the big turn on. So that is part so I live in a hierarchical relationship. I choose to live in a hierarchical relationship. I, though I am very an out, outspoken and people always assume I will be the dominant one. I am not. I would have assumed that. Yes. I'm not. You're not. Nope. My husband's, wow. my husband's in charge. Yeah. Um, and the other people that I'm involved with, anybody that I have a long-term relationship with, with the exception of one, there is a power exchange because for me, that's what really works. So Really? Yeah. <laughs> So, that is surprising. Very surprising to me. You seem like you would have. Yeah. I'm dominant everywhere else <laughs> in my life, you know, but so I have one relationship where there's a part of the relationship that's very equal because there's a really, really deep, intimate friendship. But when we get into any kind of sexual play, she's in charge. Now, now are these, is it every time you meet up with them, you're just having sex or is it, mm-hmm. I mean, are you like having no. sex every day? 
No, God, no. And I'm, I was telling the story once. Yeah, I, and like when you have sex, do you always bring out the whips and the chain? Like, or no, do you ever? No, but I'm like, okay. So when I when I so when I have sex, no, we don't always. There aren't always implements, but they're in charge. Being in charge means they decide what happens when. Oh, okay. So that I like, um, but I don't always have sex either. I mean, people have this myth and misunderstanding that if you're non-monogamous, it means you always have more sex than everybody else. And they forget that you're dealing with a group of people, right? So I yes. guess if there's more people that you're sexual with, you maximize the opportunity to have more sex. That seems logical, but actually it can work out that you have less sex sometimes. So once I went on a three week trip to the United States um, and at the time I had four partners there. Oh my. That I was, oh my that I was seeing on my trip and I had no sex whatsoever the entire time I was there. Wow. Because <laughs> one wasn't feeling well and another wasn't in the mood. And, you know, so these are relationships. It's true. You know, and so sometimes I have a lot more sex than other people and other times I have less sex. Than other people. No. It's just how it is. Well, thank but, you I think, you know, but that's my, that's the non-monogamy I live with, right? My relationships yes. aren't just sexual. Yeah. Okay. Some people only have sexual relationships with multiple people and one romantic relationship. And so they probably do have a lot more sex because now, does your husband do the same thing? My husband doesn't have active partners right now. We have people we play with together. Um, he doesn't have se- a bunch of separate relationships at the moment. Um, which is fine. He, and, and, but he has in the past. He has like had this. other relationships in the past. I'm the one who has, I'm the one who tends to have the more long lasting ones. And we have yeah. relationships with people as a couple. So, yeah. you know, one of my other partners, there's a relationship with two couples. Yes. Right. And it's a really deep friendship. And it doesn't mean everyone has sex, but it's a relationship where sex happens between some of the players. Got it. You know, very, um, very interesting. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like I mean, this is fascinating to me because it it's you're really telling people that the possibilities are endless. It's something that you and your partner need to sit down and negotiate almost like when before you get married, like, how do we want to do this? Oh, and, and that, I, that I, option I, should be on the table when typically society, it's never been on the table. I, I mean, I advise people to negotiate everything before they enter into a long-term relationship, no matter yeah. what their relationship style is. Yes. And if you come in with expectations, that's when you end up disappointed. Yeah. Cause I just came in, you know, I was in a marriage and it was never discussed. Are we going to play with other people? How are we going to do this? It was just automatically assumed that we would be monogamous. And then of course, you know, he cheated on me and with everybody, <laughs> but it's, I, I I think that dialogue was never had. I used to think, why didn't you just tell me you wanted to do stuff like this? Like that it should almost be a natural thing where you discuss that. Like, do you want kids? How do you want to, do you want to have partners and have that kind of conversation? I think that that should be the Help. beginning of the conversation is, is, is what are your values and what's your relationship style? But you have yes. to know that before you can discuss it. And a lot of times people don't True. know anything about any of this because nobody even talks to them about sex, let alone talking to yes. them about relationships. So they don't have I mean, no idea what yeah. they 
because I'm I'm going to be 40, 46. And um, I have never even really seen anyone in the lifestyle or been introduced to it or exposed to it until I was in my 40s. And now it's something that I would step back and possibly consider. But like you said, I how would I talk about it? I don't know what it's like or if it's mean, something that I would want. So the first, you know, the first step when people are considering how they might want to live their lives is, you know, what would be exciting about having more than one partner at the same time? And I ask people, it seems like a dumb question, but I'll be like, well, what about that is something that's even drawing your interest? And then what are your fears around it? So usually people will tell you, you know, it's exciting because I, I can have sex with, you know, a number of different people. Well, that's exciting. Okay. And see, it's just, yeah, I would, I think I would say, um, I don't know. I I think I would definitely say I've never envisioned, like I've never thought about doing that. So it's so ingrained in my head that it's, that this is how you do it. I just have never imagined that picture. I think that holds, holds me back a lot of just letting things go, like, well, and, just, and that's, it, I challenge people wall. with that because I want people to actually think through, okay, well, you've been handed this. It's just like most heterosexual couples don't talk about sex. Yeah. Now that's insane. Okay. Forget yes. talking about sex with other people. Forget talking about creative sex. I'm just talking just about the general. basics. Like yes. what do you like, right? What turns you on and what it's gets so you on, true. Right. The vast majority of heterosexual folks meet and go to bed and have sex before they yeah, I was that person. And then That's wonder why they're not satisfied with each other. Or afraid to, like, why didn't you tell me you had this kink? Like, or, honestly, if you would have told me, I would have been like, before the I was in the industry, I'd been like, what the heck? This guy is crazy. Or, or like, things like women and, you know, when women do this more than men, end up... Um, faking orgasm and then oh, yes. in the pattern of faking orgasm because once I, I didn't do it, that but yes <laughs> once they've done it they can't tell the guy that that's what they've done and so i'll never forget having a couple come in where the woman was it. pieces in pieces <laughs> because she'd been faking for 15 years and mm. she'd watched some program on television um that was all about um, liberation and about how you really shouldn't do this and about getting in touch with yourself and decided that she was going to be real and had an orgasm and her partner freaked out on her because he realized she'd been faking because it was like uh, so different. She looked yes. so different. So she came in in pieces because she thought she was going to lose her marriage over the 15 years of lying. You know, it was like, well, yeah. Yeah, you, that's got to be a little ego crush to him, but it's really just lack of communication. Well, so I was like, did you guys ever sit down and have a conversation about sex? No. Well, no. Do you know true. what it is? Do you know what it is that that turns you on? Turns him no. on? No. Do you know what turns her on? No. No clue. They, you're handed a bill of goods that tells you if your relationship is right, it'll yes. just come naturally. It is the yes. biggest bullshit that anybody ever tells you. It's true it, that if you have that chemistry, right, when you meet the love at first sight, then you'll be fine. And it's like, that is not it's reality. Such rubbish. 
Except yes, it is. things like, you know, like the things they don't tell you, they don't tell women that, you know, where your clitoris is placed and how big it is has a huge impact on what it takes for you to have an orgasm. Okay, please tell us. Right. So if you have a small clitoris and you are placed kind of under folds, right? Okay. So you've got a bit of a food pod, you're placed under folds. Uh-huh. Getting pressure in, in um, penetrative sex, there's no oh, way. Yeah. You can kiss, I never heard this. You can kiss <laughs> orgasm goodbye through straight penetrative sex with no clitoral stimulation. You're just not in the right anatomical places to be able to do it. So what if the wind blows and you have orgasms? Is that oh, mean great. it's that's you know, that may be, I mean, if you, if you have orgasm through penetrative sex, you're probably placed in a way and you're probably of a certain size. And I can't <sighs> tell you what it is, right? Cause there is, there aren't yes. measurements, but where, you, where the clitoris is. It makes total sense. I, I'm getting you. And so you're getting the stimulation you need to have it have the <sighs> orgasm so that does that doesn't account okay. for the fact that some women need more stimulation and some less that's just the can you even get stimulation in that position that without putting wild. your hand in there or using a toy right nobody says that so so Go people watch porn and the women are screaming and coming and there's no oh, problem right. and there's never anything <laughs> and they they think that's how it's going to be wow this is fascinating. I've never heard this before. And, and that's crazy because it makes total sense. I was it seems like common surprised sense. by this piece of information. I was really surprised wow. when I when I really understood that women were really different shapes and sizes. Now I, I didn't know that either. Oh my God. Oh my God, you have no idea. So no, I know that now because like, but I didn't know it before industry stuff that we're really no, that I, mean, I was like totally surprised different. by that. Like, yes. you know, I mean, okay, so I'm 59. So when I was growing up, the porn that we saw was very different from the porn you see National today. Geographic. <laughs> but even if you watch pornography, like I remember my first pornographic movie. Uh-huh. Yes, there were cum shots, but there weren't as many anatomy shots. Ooh. In, in you quite just saw well, the look at things like behind the green door and stuff like that. <clears throat> yes, I am that old. <laughs> I, I don't watch porn. But do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, mean, like, I mean, I remember watching a couple of things, mm-hmm. but there was no other way to find out what other people looked like. I mean, I wasn't right. And it was the first time I realized that there were differences was um, having, having had somebody tell me I should take a mirror and look at what I looked like. So I looked at what I looked like. And then the first time I was with another woman and she didn't look anything like I did. Nothing. Yeah, they don't. And I was like, oh. What do I do with this? <laughs> well, and I was, well, I mean, I just, you know, I was just like, okay, well, that's obviously the clitoris, but it's larger and it's more it's, reach. Yes. You know, yes. And, but I'm, but this is female on females so is different, but I, I, she had orgasms at the drop of a hat. Yes. Uh, and so I didn't realize that was why, because I didn't put it together until later that that would be the, the issue. <laughs> right. I just didn't put I it together. Of it. Never really thought about it. But now I knew that people were different sizes and shapes. And I was fascinated by that because nobody had ever said that. I wonder how many men don't know about this. Like that explains so much. So it would be like a different target and mindset. I did not understand that her 
having an orgasm at the drop of a hat at penetrative sex and my not had to do with the fact that I was much smaller than she was and I was placed yeah. in a different place. I didn't, I didn't make the connection. So I thought there was something wrong with me. That's what I'm saying. Like, like I, I or the guy I is sexually inadequate. Like there was something wrong. Or, or your partner is going to feel like he's not doing something right. Because like, I was told that. Yes. This is how it's supposed to go. Wow. I wasn't told women need men. Nowadays, if you look at articles, you get told most women take 20 minutes of stimulation. Most women yes. need their clitoris stimulated. There's all that information now. That information didn't exist. Yeah. There was no internet. Wow. There was nowhere to look it up. In books, it didn't say it. So it was just a matter of, oh, you're inadequate. This is um, probably an aha moment for so many people listening, and right? even though there's <laughs> all this information on the internet, people still don't talk about this a lot. No, and they don't like, at all. <laughs> there's a lot of women who just don't get off on penetrative sex. A lot, like majority. Who love to have an orgasm with penetrative sex, but who need direct clitoral stimulation in order to do it. And because of the, the where their partner is and their size and placement, there's no way to get that without using their hands or a toy. So yes. stop, stop worrying about it. Use your hands and a toy. Yes. Like, don't worry about it. Just give yourself the stimulus. There are toys you can put between the two of you. Oh, yeah. That can give you the stimulation. So there's all sorts of ways. But don't feel inadequate. It's a no. matter of anatomy. Get your orgasms, ladies. <laughs> you know, but if you talked about this with a partner, lo and behold, it's so much easier. If you can say to a yeah. partner, guess what? I don't have orgasms through penetrative sex, but I love penetrative sex anyway. Yes. But what I have orgasms through is using your fingers or using your mouth myself. or yes. using the toys. So I would like to have an orgasm, please. Yes. So can you please do this in a way that allows me to have an orgasm too? Yes. Wow. I mean, it's that simple. And yet. It really is that simple. Even in 2022, even with all the information there out there. I never heard even, even young people that I see, heterosexual young, and I'm saying heterosexual because I see less of this in gay couples. Well, they, they can. And I much see more less open. of this. And I see less of this with people who are bisexual or queer. So if you are not heteronormative, less of this happens. But I'm still seeing heterosexual people of all ages who do not talk about sex because <laughs> they think that they know. So they it don't seems express silly. desire. Yeah, it seems silly that we don't just talk like that. Like, you make it so. And well, people still don't learn how to do it, so they're embarrassed. Yes. And I, I mean, I see people, I do see people who are, you know, quite religious sometimes. It's not about that, right? You still need yeah. to talk about what you enjoy if you're expecting to have enjoyment. The only exactly. time you don't have to talk about it, if you don't talk about it, you're playing Russian roulette with your enjoyment. If that's what you want to do, if that's your choice, I'm not Ask going to yeah you shouldn't you know you do you but the only other time that, that talking about it can be taken off the table is, is if all you're trying to do is procreate if, if that's all they, that's yeah all but you, do, <laughs> you don't have to worry about pleasure in that then you don't need to talk right about it. otherwise you actually need to talk about what turns you on because at the beginning of a relationship you have a certain energy between you that's going to change as you are together longer indeed it would yes it's part of wow. Life. Well, you know, I have to say you have been a fascinating guest. 
very informative. I appreciate you coming to talk with us. Um, I think that's a good spot to, I'm still in like, <laughs> like <laughs> it's so simple. And so I just like, my jaw is dropped that we don't communicate the way <laughs> you just did. That's, that's um, definitely my send off line. Listen, guys talk. And if you don't yes. know how, if you're embarrassed about it and you don't know how, come see somebody like me, a yes. therapist who will help you learn to talk about it without shame. There's she no will shame teach you how to go bowling, right? <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you again so much. Where can they find you? Okay. So the easiest place is drlauribethbisbee.com. Uh, that's my website. It's got all my links. But if you're a big social media person and that's where you like to be, I am at Dr. Bisbee, and it's B-I-S-B-E-Y, on Instagram and Twitter. And on TikTok, it's at Lori Beth UK. Um, I spend most of my, I am on Facebook at Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee, but I spend most of my time on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok because they're faster mediums and a little bit yes, more Yes, she's fun. a TikToker. Um, <laughs> that is a little fun. <laughs> Well, thank you so much. And again, I appreciate uh, enlightening the listeners and as well as myself on these topics. And you can catch more of Dr. Lori Beth at drlauribethbisbee.com.com. Sorry, com, And you can look in the credits and I'll also have the link there. Thank you so much. And we are signing off. You're listening to Phone Sex with Lily Show. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of Phone Sex with Lily Show and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch episodes you may have missed, go to Spotify, Anchor, or SkyhawkAfterDarkTV.com. Simply type in Phone Sex with Lily Show. For the latest from Lily, you can follow her on Instagram at real underscore Lily Craven and on Twitter at Lily Craven XXX or message on Facebook at Lily.Craven40. Thanks again. Until next time.